0: What is up, everyone? Welcome to The Awakened Catholic Show. This is, in fact, the definitive Awakened Catholic Show. I don't know if you saw the incredibly dramatic thumbnail that we released for this live stream ahead of time. Um, It said, we were attacked, and it had a very, very passionate and dramatic picture of a girl crying. And um, yeah, that was only slightly clickbait, something pretty terrible happened here uh, at Awaken Catholic, and we're going to get into that here on today's episode. Uh, but before I make things sound kind of overly grim, um, ultimately, uh, we're all going to die one day, <laughs> and we're going to go to heaven. So uh, yeah, that was the keen insight of one of my dear friends and fellow show hosts here at Awaken Catholic, Andrew Reinhardt, when things were kind of, when, when the, the fecal matter was hitting the air-spreading device, the fan, He was like, Nick, don't worry. One day you're going to die. So we're going to get into what happened today here on The Awakened Catholic Show, uh, give you the full story. We're also going to do some Q&A on the Catholic faith or literally whatever you want to ask me about. All of that stuff is coming up right after this. Thank you. Brenna is our producer back in the control room. She's killing it. She's doing great things. So we're going to talk about something terrible that happened here at Awaken Catholic. And it's something that I really want everyone to hear about because where it led me in my own processing of what happened um, was really, um, it was kind of a profound thing. And and I hope that it becomes profound for you as well. (laughs) Mike Tenney's enjoying when the fecal matter hit the air spreading device. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, I hope that I get quoted one day with that. Um, anyways, so before we get into today's topic, though, I got to tell you that if you enjoy Awaken Catholic, the Awaken Catholic show, any of the shows here at Awaken Catholic, hey, even Pop Culture Catechism, with which Mike Tenney hosts, uh, who made this beautiful comment quoting me, uh, and, you know, if you want to support the things that we're doing here, I want to invite you to consider joining The Awakened Nation. The Awakened Nation is a group of people like yourself who make all of this work possible uh by a monthly contribution the size of a cup of coffee per week. You get to decide is it like one of those jumbo coffees you get at the Circle K gas station or is it like a, a humble little like, you know, $20 cup from one of those more like Primo uh coffee places um well, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like the, the jumbo ones are like a dollar. And then the primo ones that are like tiny are like 20. You know what? I'm going to let you decide. What What do you want to do? What do you want to do? How do you want to help us out? Here's the real question. How much do you love Jesus? And how much do you want to help other people love Jesus? You decide that I'm going to stop while I'm, you know, I would say stop on my head, but I don't feel like I am with that. Join the awaken nation. It's, Whatever you want it to be, and it makes all, this, all the difference in the world here at Awaken Catholic for all of us, um, especially right now uh, with the very dark times that we're in, which you'll hear about shortly. Uh, secondly, uh, i got to tell you, the Awaken app. It's a brand new opportunity to engage with all of the show hosts uh, here at Awaken Catholic, as well as with each other. We're building a really cool community there. People are sharing their lives with each other, and it's the best way to consume Awaken Catholic content from all of the shows. Um, There's a music library there. You see all of our upcoming events, which, by the way... You'll find in the app, we have Jason Everett coming to the Diocese of Toledo. We are hosting him at an awesome event called YB Catholic. Make sure to check that out at awakencatholic.org or on the Awaken app. You can search for that app on uh, the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. All right, guys. All right. Before we go any further, I'm I'm just going to tell you what happened. I'm 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 just going to tell you. It was tough. So last week, I believe it was Friday morning. I was doing some work on my laptop upstairs, and uh, if you don't know, the Awaken Catholic Studios are here in our house. Um, we literally like retrofitted, retrofitted and re- refurbished like half of our house to serve as the Awaken Catholic Studios. <laughs> There's like a fuzzy blowing in the air. Um, anyway, I was doing some work on my laptop, and I was going to um, upload a, a file. It was like an image file. And when I went to our server on from my laptop to upload this file, I noticed um, that it's like this weird file format all of a sudden. And it, it ended in a .7z. Uh, so, you know, image files, if you don't know technology, image files end in different, you know, file type allocations. So, like, pictures are generally .jpeg or .png. Um, anyways, so... It ended in this 7 z Now, I know, because I'm the geek that I am, that a 7 z file is like a compressed uh, file, like a, like a zip folder or something. And so I tried uncompressing it, and nothing happened. So I was like, okay, I can't deal with this right now. I got to move on to something else. Too much on my plate. About to go out of town. All this stuff. Uh, and then later in the day, I came back to that because it was something I had to get done. And... When I came back to it, I realized, wait a second, that's not the only file on the server that is having this issue. A bunch of the files on the server are having this issue. And what I realized is, hold on a second, more than half, like a, ma- a large majority of the files on the Awakened Catholic server are in this compressed .7z file type. So I called the manufacturer and I was like, manufacturer what up we're having a problem a big problem awakened catholic it's a big operation we got a lot of files and they're all acting real weird and uh the when i explained what was happening the technical support guy that i was talking to literally used a profanity he he used an expletive i think is how people say it Um, he goes oh Fecal matter, but, you know, the S word, uh, you know, in case your kids are listening. Anyways, and uh, Brenna's in the background dying right now. I'm sorry, Brenna, and I'm sorry to you. I'm weird, and this is how I I process grief. This is how I get through difficult times. Um, So anyways, uh, he says, oh, expletive fecal matter reference, Um, and he he starts immediately coding. He like, we, we do this team viewer thing. He takes over my computer. He's, I can literally hear his keyboard typing, uh, you know, in a very frazzled and intense way. Suddenly the intensity in this met, you know, metaphorical room. Cause we're over the phone metaphorical room. The intensity is just heightened and stakes are high. And I don't know what's happening. And all I see is he's, I hear him typing and I see on my screen, the code that he's typing. And eventually the, the fervor, the, the madness dies down he says okay here's what happened (laughs) melanie oh fecal matter athena hello to you too ryan what's up brother hope you're doing well um so anyways the intensity slows down and he says okay here's what happened uh this was a ransomware attack and you'll notice that every single folder on the server that was affected by this has a ransom note and i hadn't noticed that Um, our folders have a lot of files in them. Uh, Athena, thank you for appreciating the drama in the story. I promise you, this is not fabricated drama. This is, I mean, I'm, I, when I communicate, sometimes I heighten things a little bit. I'm Cuban, you know, we speak in exaggerations, but as much as that is the case, like it really was this intense. Um, so anyways, I read the ransom note. Every folder that was affected by this has the ransom note, and it says something to the effect of, um, uh, "Your files have been encrypted, and the only way to encrypt them is to send Bitcoin to the following address." Download these. These are all the instructions that were in every every uh, ransom note in every folder of the server. Download this dark web browser. Go to this dark web website in the dark web browser, copy and paste this Bitcoin address and send the amount of Bitcoin that you find there. So I don't even know how much they were asking for. But in my mind, I'm like, yo, we are a Catholic nonprofit being run out of my house. The fact that we have a server is like an anomaly you know, compared to like our circumstances, we don't have some huge pot of money to be like paying ransoms from, you know? I'm the president of Awaken Catholic. I don't even take a salary. The team members here, Brenna, Colleen, uh, Kevin, everyone here that works for the wage that they work for, Lauren, like they're all doing it out of love. And it's not like they're making a lot of money, but they're making more money than I am. I make nothing. And I'm like, how in the world are we? So, So the technical support guy says- um, you know, if some of the files are important enough to you, you could just pay the ransom. Some of our other customers who have paid the ransom have had success with that. It's not like these hackers are just, you know, taking the money and running. They're they are returning the uh the files to full integrity. And I'm like, "What?" In what world, if I had money, like you're just going to download a dark web browser, go to a dark web website, punch in this suspicious crypto, you know, Bitcoin uh, address and send this guy Bitcoin like, well, sorry, girl, girls can be hackers too. Um, Like, what am I, I cannot, uh, I just, I couldn't believe my ears when the technical support guy literally said, you could just pay the ransom. I can't even find out how much the ransom is without going to the dark web. So literally almost every file on our server was encrypted beyond repair, beyond, uh, being like brought back to life, so to speak. However, we worship a God who brings dead things back to life. Um, Michelle Payne, with you, that seems like a crazy thing to do. What seems like a crazy thing to do? Paying paying a ransom? I feel like paying a ransom is crazy for anybody. <laughs> um, new Nick quote, girls can be hackers too. I appreciate that, Kevin. Yeah. So, um, listen, it, by the way, if you're just listening to this uh, recording after the fact in like an audio podcast or you're watching the recording of this after the fact, you're missing out. You could be interacting with this uh, in the comments like the rest of these glorious people. Uh Melanie says, yo, what if the, it's the guy you were on the phone with behind it all? I'm not going to lie. The thought crossed my mind. Uh, but he was an employee of QNAP, which is the company that makes our server. I had literally no alternative than to just take the guy at his word and trust him. So what what are we talking about here in terms of these files? We're talking about... Uh, at pre-recorded episodes, we're talking about graphical assets like branding and all this different stuff. You know, some of our, our show hosts put a lot of work, Brenna or Colleen, like whoever's in the studio with them producing, um, they put hours of work into these episodes. Some of these show hosts travel a great distance. Three of our show hosts, Mike Tenney, Morgan Holliger, and Megan Burwell, all travel from the Washington, D.C. area to come here... Uh, Every so often to record in batch, uh, a bunch of episodes. And so where my mind went immediately is these poor show hosts, like how, what are we going to do? We, we, Mike, Tenney, the, the, uh, show host for uh, pop culture catechism. He's got an episode coming up soon and I don't know if I'm spoiling anything. If I am, I'm sorry, Mike, he's got an episode coming out soon featuring Christopher West as a guest. What are we going to do ask christopher west to record another episode like that was an hour long episode and it was amazing um so I I feel like (sighs) To be honest with you the the longer I went throughout the day the more devastated I felt um, it was It was like by the time night came And that we had put the kids to bed I was sitting on the couch And it really just came over me like a wave I was like so like I, I just started to sink into the couch and, and emotionally and i and i felt um violated and i felt it, it was such a bizarre feeling to feel like a victim of this type of attack where there was literally a ransom note and it just it really sent me into this place so so then i was coupled with these feelings of being violated like like all of my hard work, all of the hard work that these people have done, just being obliterated, uh, coupled with, like, a concern about, from a practical standpoint, what are we going to do about these episodes that are just gone, potentially? Um, and to be honest with you, I still haven't gone through every folder of our server to find what what's still there and what isn't. Like, I, I'm not ready emotionally to do that. And it was hard. Like I, I, I didn't know how emotionally impact I could be by this. Um, and it just got worse and worse throughout the night. And and it was like this, you know, the stages of grieving you hear about, like, there were points at which I was just so angry and there were points at which like, I was just sad and, and depressed. And like, it, it might sound silly, but if you have any idea, the sheer number of hours and good work that was put into this stuff and how I was going to have to be the one to tell the awakened Catholic show hosts, Hey, you know how you traveled here and put in on all this work and took time away from work, took time away from family. Um, we, we don't have anything to show for it. Like it was, it was, it was devastating. Um, and what's amazing is that in all of that, um, they were so supportive. They were so supportive. We actually, we have a a private uh, group in our app just for the show hosts. I'm going to pull up here to show you just how beautiful these people are. Uh, and I didn't tell them I'd be doing this, so I apologize, guys. Um, but it really was so affirming because, like, sending that initial message to them uh, where I was realizing like this might be a reality. It was, it was hard. Uh, so I'm gonna pull up that screen here. Okay, so here is the screen. Let me see if I can make it bigger. Let's go to the top. So Kevin Jory. Prayers and digital hugs, bro. You know, we all got your back. Who knows what God is going to bring from this? Prayer, brother. Darn. Oops, sorry, John Mark. Uh, hopefully an indication of the spiritual hornet's nest. You've, uh, you have kicked by the good fruit of this ministry. There is a plan, man. It will become clear. In the meantime, fight on. This message uh, really got to me. The idea that you know, we've been kicking with Awakened Catholic, we've been kicking a spiritual hornet's nest um, of, of darkness, of, of the diabolic, of, p- of people, you know, being led astray, like bringing them back home. Um, devil's not happy with that. Uh, Mike Tenney, prayers for sure. May God just, uh, my, maybe God just wants me to come visit sooner. And this is the guy I was just talking about who had a ton of episodes in the bank, right? Um, and so it just it just goes on and on. So much support. Peter Range, Athena, uh, Andrew. Again, this is the message I mentioned earlier. Prayers for you, brother. Sorry this is going down. Remember, someday you will die. <laughs> oh, man. And then Brenna. Darn tootin' pesky pirates. Prayers going out now. Um, Colleen. Uh, so just so much love here, guys. And, and I just, uh, it meant so much to me. You know what? I just realized that none of that was being shown. Here, I'll just do a quick little little pan. So this is, uh, just the sheer number of comments that they, the show hosts and our team just showed up to support and it made such a difference. Um, so I just, I want to give a huge shout out to the, the incredible team of hosts and team, uh, you know, staff that we have here at awaken Catholic. Um, I don't know that I could have made it through that day. Uh, you know, in, 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 any amount of peace, uh, if it weren't for the support that they showed. Um, cause I, you know, in a, in a big sense, I answer to them and I was the scaredest. I was the most scared, uh, if I could speak, I was the most scared to share this update with them. Kevin Jory's is asking, how do you get to a place where you can forgive the attacker? Oh, Kevin, I'm going to address this question, actually, with what I'm going to share next. John Mark, thank you, sir. You're beautiful. Um, where is my better half, Ryan? She is upstairs, homeschooling, taking care of the kids, making music, doing doing the usual Alina amazing stuff. Athena says, they are bosses and we love them. So much travel for this heart. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're talking about the show hosts there. So here's what I wanted to talk about next, uh, connected to what happened. You know, actually, before we get any further, um, I'm going to take this moment to pause and thank our episode sponsors, Select International Tours. Let's roll the clip.
1: Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset, visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in the Sioux, Paris, Lourdes, and more. This fall, 2021, join select international tours with Claire Swinarski from The Catholic Feminist, author and speaker, Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts, Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awakens show, Naked Without Shame, on a wonderful. Once in a lifetime, send river cruise pilgrimage. Join our friends at select international tours and cruises with over 34 years of experience. They are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage. To learn more, visit selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. Bon voyage.
0: Bon voyage, indeed. All right. So as I started to process everything that was happening, um, I I, I had this realization. I was like, okay, these feelings of being violated of something being taken from me and from people that I care about. Um, God like just pummeled me, I think, with with his heart and his sorrow for people who are victims of far worse crimes in the same vein. What am I talking about? I'm talking about kidnappings. I'm talking about when, when people are, are held ransom, um, children or, or even adults. And it was, I think it might've been something Alina said that day. Um, because I was just, you know, we were devastated. I mean, this, this represents so much. Right. And it dawned on Alina, I think first who said this, like, I can't even imagine if it was one of our kids. I can't even, like the feelings that we're having right now over digital files, I cannot even imagine if it was one of our kids. That was profound. And um, it just got me thinking like, we just we just live our lives. We live our lives day to day like we're on top of the world or even sometimes uh, we're neglecting. Uh, we're totally oblivious to the incredible blessing it is. To be us in 2021, like Jordan Peterson, uh, I, I watched an interview once where he was talking to a rather hostile interviewer. Um, and you know, she was kind of pushing a very radical, like feminist agenda and all this stuff. And, and he was like, uh, you right now are in the, in the course of human history, one of the, like you are in the wealthiest, like like 10% of all of human history, you are so blessed. I I forget the exact quote, but if you think about in the grand scheme of humanity, all the different ways that people today are suffering, whether it's in a third world country or just down the street from you, a homeless person, uh, someone who is in a household that has deep and painful dysfunctions, uh, someone who you know, needs someone to reach out to them for help, right? It's one of the things I love the most about the Catholic Church. One of the things that compelled me when I, you know, I was excited about coming back home to the Catholic Church is nobody feeds more hungry people than the Catholic Church. Nobody puts shelter over more people, more homeless people than the Catholic Church. Nobody uh, brings comfort or or uh, healing to more people than the Catholic Church through the hospital system. We invented the hospital system. We invented the university system. There's no organization on the planet that has a more significant impact on uh, on people that are in need than the Catholic Church. But I'm Catholic, and I'm not living day-to-day actively considering those realities. I'm not living day-to-day actively thinking about you know, in, in Bowling Green, Ohio, where, where I live and where these studios are, there have been a few occasions where, you know, out by on the corner by the Walmart, you'll see uh, one or two homeless people. There've been a few occasions on like Wooster out by, you know, Wooster Street out by uh, uh, like some of the gas stations and McDonald's and stuff where someone will, there'll, there'll be a sighting of a homeless person. And not only do I not think about these realities or, or other types of realities, right in my own neighborhood, who knows what suffering is taking place. Um, not only do I not go out of my way to think about these things, I realized that I go out of my way to not think about these things. Um, and that's a very convicting thought. And let me know in the comments, is that something that you resonate with? Um, do you relate to that at all? It's difficult it's difficult to, to think about things that make us uncomfortable. And when, why do they make us uncomfortable? We need to consider that too. I think they make us uncomfortable because they call us to something more. Um, they call us to to not be self centered, to not be self referential. Um yeah, we need to save souls, but like that wasn't the only thing that Jesus asked us to do. There's a reason that Mother Teresa is on our back wall, you know, um, between the good Lord himself, John Paul II and Mother Teresa, there was this initial conception behind the selection of of those people that we wanted Awaken Catholic to really embody, uh, to really embody the spirituality and the ethos of, of those three people, right? Like, yeah the camera's backwards from the screen, but like with Jesus, uh, just there's a priestly duty that we all have as baptized Christians, but then also that ultimate sacrifice on the cross, carrying our crosses with John Paul II, love, love for everyone around him, love for young people. Um, and And then the theology of the body obviously is so important to us here at Awaken Catholic. And it's literally what saved my own life, both spiritually and physically. Mother Teresa, her beautiful spirituality of servitude and in a lack of spiritual consolation, in a state of spiritual desolation, which means that she did not feel close to God or connected to him or feel the echoes of his love for years and in that, she remained obedient and in love with God because love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And as a result of that love, in love for those around her. So I, I personally want to make a more concerted effort in my own personal life to not hide myself from the things that are difficult. And I want to invite you to join me in that. Let me know in the comments if that's something you want to be a part of. I don't even know what it looks like. I just know that, like, I got so, so upset and so devastated over digital files. And they, they didn't mean nothing. It was a significant loss what happened. But they're digital files. There are people really suffering. Um, you know, in the context of, of what happened to us, which was the ransom attack, um, it made me think about, man, I wonder what the numbers actually look like right now in, in the world for kidnappings and, and you know, there's another fuzzy in the air, kidnappings and uh, other ransom-related types of attacks. So I looked up uh, some statistics I just wanted to share with you right now. Um, and while I pull that up, let's see what Athena's saying here. I feel that 100%. It's also exhausting emotionally to live only thinking of those things. Human life is tough, and I need to be better about letting those things thoughts flood me sometimes amen I completely agree with you Patrick Haines says it's easy to give snacks to a homeless guy but it's way harder to take five minutes and have a talk with them oh yes preach Patrick preach 100% agree with that yeah, that's something I really admire uh, Peter Range for. Um, Peter Range just chimed in in the comments right as I said that. That is really funny. Uh, welcome to the stream, Pete. Yeah, so something I really have always admired Peter for, and now he's going to think I'm saying this because he's here. I was literally going to say this before I saw that. Uh, for years, I will joke with people about WWPD. What would Peter do? I've, I'll find myself literally in situations where I have to think to myself, in this situation, what would my brother Peter do? And it and it convicts me and it pushes me to be better. It pushes me to excellence. Now, don't get me wrong, Peter's not perfect. If anyone knows, it's me. But um, but neither am I, right? So, like, that's the nature of fellowship and, and brotherhood. And 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 Peter and I have had the grace for for years to to walk with each other and and be brothers for each other and push each other in different ways. And and I just I so appreciate the example in him of loving servitude. Um, Yeah, Peter. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure on you. Don't mess it up. Um, So, you know, this one time I was driving home on a lunch break from the parish that I was working at at the time. And there was a couple. There was a couple uh, of people walking alongside of the road and it was pouring rain. Now, on top of. Just the natural aversion most people will feel to offer someone a ride that is a complete stranger and maybe doesn't look like their life is very well put together. Um, I also happen to be a germ freak. And so like if it looks like someone hasn't bathed, it's like the last instinct in my heart to invite them into my car. Um, and I'm just being super real with you guys right now. This is very raw. This isn't something I'm proud of. It's actually something I'm very ashamed of. Um, but I'm being honest with you, and I want to invite you to be honest uh, with us. Oh, Alina says, don't forget to give us the stats. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Thank you, Alina. Um, so uh, I literally pull up as I'm driving by these people, and it's pouring rain out. And they don't have an umbrella. They don't have anything. It's just this huge open space so that there's no cover anywhere nearby. I pulled up, and I said, can I offer you guys a ride? And they got in. And while they were in the car, we had an incredible conversation. And I got to know them. And I got to love on them a little bit. And, yeah, I just wanted to share that story uh, in support of what Patrick Haynes said um, when he mentioned that, you know, how important it is to actually love people and have a conversation with people, not just kind of the easy toss them a snack. Toss the snack, but, but interact with them. Love them. Uh, all right. So let's get to these, uh, statistics because man, it is no bueno, uh, and we need to not be oblivious to these things. Okay. So here we go. Uh, parents' worst nightmare is their children not coming back from school. No kidding. Um, so more than 460,000 children go missing every year, uh, 12 years and older children are the kidnapping victims in around 80% of all cases that include minors. Girls from 12 to 17 years of age are the most typical victims of abduction. Human trafficking is a $150 billion worth industry. 99% of sex trafficking victims are females. 2018 saw 5,070 adults and 2,378 children human trafficking cases every year, 600,000 people go missing in the United States. 43% of global kidnappings for ransom occurred in Asia. So that's, that's incredible. I mean, these are things that are happening right under our noses and we just, we're worried about what movie we're going to watch. We're worried about, you know, what to get on our pizza Maybe we're having arguments about trivial things that ultimately don't matter that much. I just want to encourage you: like, don't do what I've been doing. Don't don't settle um, for comfort, as Pope Benedict Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI said. You were not made for comfort; you were made for greatness. All right, so we're going to jump into um, a. Actually, before we move on, I, why don't we just say a quick prayer together? Uh, for victims of human trafficking, of kidnapping, of uh, ransom, of of any of that stuff. like Let's just say a prayer together to Our Lady, uh, who is our mother, their mothers, uh, the mothers of the attackers. And I just want to invite you to join me in this prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, some people watching or listening might not be, oh, Alina, thank you. She says, you don't settle. You're one of the hardest working men I know. Again, I think she's biased. I don't know. Anyways, uh, if you're watching or listening uh, and you're not sure why we just, when we prayed for these people, these victims, why we said a Hail Mary, why did we pray to Our Lady instead of to Jesus? Well, this will wet your whistle for the next segment. Um, The reason is we could have. I just got done watching the the newest movie about Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, It's on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Um, And there's this beautiful line where our Lady, Mother of God. She says that she wants to point people to her son. And so, you know, Jesus wanted us to have Mary as a mother. He gave her to us, the church, when he was on the cross. Um, and there's something so beautiful and tender about the protection and the care of a mother in her, uh, in, you know, in the veil of her embrace, right? Uh, and so there there's something maternal there that we shouldn't lose sight of and we should really engage with uh and ultimately it's not her glory it's not her power it's the glory of god shown through what he's done in her it's the glory of god shown through what he's done in me and and in you when i ask you to pray for me why does that make any sense it's because god's done some cool stuff in you and and you're in relationship with him Mike Tenney, also, what's the current state of the server? And is there anything we can do to help Awaken recover? Uh, Mike, thank you for asking. Um, so, uh, Mike Tenney, who's the host of Pop Culture Catechism, uh, because he had the, the biggest bank of pre recorded episodes that he had done, traveled here for, and, and done here, I did look at his folder. And literally, by some miracle, there was a ransom note in his folder. So, his files should have been destroyed or encrypted. All of Mike Tenney's files are intact—an absolute miracle. Really amazing. Um, what can you do to help? Listen, to be completely honest with you, and I'm going to be very transparent. Um, it, you know, when people come here to Awaken Catholic Studios, they're always like, "Wow, this is incredible. I would have never known this was all in someone's house." You know, like um, we, we we do a good job of, of looking pretty good. Um, and it can be deceiving. It can, it, you know, you could see our production quality. You could see uh, the things that we're doing here, um, and think, "Oh, they don't need any financial help. They don't need any prayers. They're all set and doing their evangelization thing." And that couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, so, because Mike asked that question, I will share. You know, uh, maintaining the server is super expensive. Um, having the server in the first place is, was super expensive and we're still paying for that. Um, and backing things up to the cloud is incredibly expensive the way that we're doing it, especially now. Um, and we have a huge team of people that are doing this because they love the the mission and they want to be a part of it. Um, but none of this is easy and none of it is, is free. And by no means do we have our expenses covered uh, through the the income that comes to Awaken Catholic, so if there's a world in which number one you could like squeeze us into your prayer journal, you know the list of things that you pray for daily, please pray for Awaken Catholic. We we need it. Um, it. It's we're doing good work. Like John Mark said in his comment, we're kicking the hornet's nest. We're not we're not letting good enough be good enough. Um, we want every soul. For Christ, we want we want to help win those souls for Christ, um, and gosh, I want my soul to be won over for Christ all over again every day, right? Um, so pray for Awakened Catholic. There's so many moving parts. We're doing two pilgrimages this year. Uh, we have a huge event coming up with Jason Everett. We have eight shows that are actively produced, um, and you know, so many moving parts to make all of that happen. So please pray for us. And if there's a world in which Um, for some of your tithing for a portion of what you tithe, you can include awakened Catholic in that. You have no idea how much that could help us. Um it would be amazing. And we try not to shill that, you know, we try not to push that too hard and and look, you know, mercenary because that's not what it's about. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm the president and I don't take a penny from awakened Catholic. Um, that's not what this mission is about. This mission is about saving souls. This mission is about bringing the gospel to people who wouldn't have heard it otherwise people on the fringes, people who were like me when I left the church. Um, that's what the mission is here. Uh, but it's impossible without, without the support of the people we have now who we appreciate greatly, uh, and any, and any future supporters. So please consider, uh, both praying for us on a consistent basis as well as, um, as well as any potential to include us in your tithing. And then Alina's mentioning here also the app. I don't know why you put dollar signs by the app, Alina. I don't know what that means. The app is free, <laughs> but check out the app. Um, yeah, the app. Oh, you're saying in the list of things that we have going on. Yes, we the app. Oh, she's saying the app costs money. The app is actually super expensive. It's one of the most expensive things we have going on here at Awaken Catholic, which is actually saying a lot. So, yeah, uh, I think to her point. Anything you can do to help would be so appreciated. Okay, before we continue uh, into this next segment, I want to get your wheels turning. If you got any questions about Catholicism, uh, my own life, um, my own faith life, uh, you know, the price of rice in China, baseball, whatever you got, Quidditch. Get them ready. Get them ready because they're coming up right after this mid-roll. You. Yeah, You. You know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awaken Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a -a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Yeux Paris, and more, le bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com dot slash awaken. Was going myself, uh, but instead we are sending our incredible hosts from Naked Without Shame. If you want to check more out, more, check out more about that. You saw the link. All right, so normally. In the second half of... uh, We start the second half of the Awaken Catholic show with the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. This is going to be like a a prolonged Catholic Weird Stuff segment. Hey, Sophia Bauer, you're going. You're going to Paris. That's so exciting, Sophia. Very cool. Brenna, did you know she was going? No? All right, just kidding. Well, that is awesome. So excited that you're going, Sophia. Um, Thanks for sharing that here, too. So... Uh I want to take some questions now from you guys. Um I'll uh yeah, we'll just start with uh what do we got here? We've got the first one. Kevin Jory. You guys literally ask me about anything. I am an open freaking book. Nothing is off limits over here. All right. Can we ask for the intercession of those people that aren't canonized since we don't know if they are in heaven? Oh, Kevin, that is a question that is worth asking. Uh, So what's interesting about this question is that um, inherently a lot of Catholics, there's a lot of confusing things that happen when someone dies. You start to hear, you start to hear some really weird, uh, you know, theological claims when someone you care about dies, and it's always coming from a good place. It's always coming from a place of wanting to console. It's always it's always someone wanting to love you well. They just aren't theologians, and then they make declarative statements as though they were. Um, so one of those things, for example, is, oh, Uncle Henry is an angel now. First of all, I don't have an Uncle Henry. I don't know if you do. I'm not talking about your Uncle Henry if you have one. That was just a hypothetical Uncle Henry. Uncle Henry is not an angel now. Angels are an entirely different thing, okay? We are human. You do not become an angel when you die. The ideal is that you become a saint. Um, so that's, you know, death myth number one. Um, but what's interesting is uh, one of the other things that we find ourselves doing that I'm not going to debunk the same way, all right, and you'll see why, is... We start, like, so the obvious, we'll pray for the deceased. That's what we do at a funeral, for example. It's what we do after the funeral at the, at the cemetery. Um, we, we start to pray for the person that passed. This is a good thing. This is a good thing according to Catholic teaching about, like, purgatory. Uh, and this is an age-old, from-the-beginning teaching. Um, it is good to pray for souls in purgatory. But another thing that happens beyond just praying for people is we actually will start to interact with them. We'll start to, like, talk to them. And I wonder how often we stop and wonder, like, wait, are we supposed to do this? Spoiler alert, I don't have a problem with it, all right? Um, But we're going to get into some of the the nitty-gritty, as Nacho Libre would say. Um, So beyond just interacting, beyond just talking and sharing about your life with your deceased loved one because you know that they're still alive, you might find yourself uh, praying to them, like asking for their intercession. And then it's like, yo, this is some territory that some theologians could get into some arguments about. And I'm always here for an argument between theologians. I think that is always a fun sparring match, as long as, the, uh, as, long as they're both people of goodwill. Uh, I think that that can be a fun and healthy thing, you know, to really wrestle with ideas. Um, we're going to open up the catechism here. If you got your catechism nearby, feel free to join me. So we're going to go to paragraph 790. And again, this is in reference to Kevin Jory's question, can we ask for the intercession of those people that aren't canonized since we don't know if they are in heaven? All right, so paragraph 790. Believers who respond to God's word and become members of Christ's body become intimately united with him in that body the life of christ is communicated to those who believe and who through the sacraments are united in a hidden and real way in uh to christ in his passion and glorification this is especially true of baptism which unites us to christ's death and resurrection and the eucharist by which really sharing in the body of the lord we are taken up into communion with him and with one another all right let's stop there for a second So, what is a canonized saint? A canonized saint is someone that the church has said, this person is definitely in heaven. Now, are canonized saints the only people in heaven? No. Canonized saints are simply the people we know are in heaven, that the church has declaratively stated, without any question, beyond any shadow of a doubt, this person's in heaven. Let me take another swig of my carbonated water. So, this is some crazy stuff. Um, when someone passes away, there's really only three places they can go. Let me get my hands out of the camera here. There's only only three places someone can go when they pass away. Hell, purgatory, or heaven. Okay. And the interesting thing is that a lot of people between artistic depictions or uh, manners of speaking or like, personal, private revelations that certain people have had over the centuries, a lot of people have built up a perception that they cling to in a very steadfast way of what purgatory is, that it's, you know, measured in a certain amount of years and that you're there being purified. You know, that part is without question. But the the measurement of years and that it's a physical place, these are things that I'm personally not quite convinced of and that the church does not actually declaratively teach that way. These are things that have been communicated in such a way to help us to understand the principle behind purgatory. The principle behind purgatory is for us to be purged and ultimately be perfect to go to heaven. The book of Revelation says we cannot go to heaven unless we are perfect. So uh, in this, Um, the other consideration here is that time and space, these are ideas that are only relevant as far as we can understand it, as far as we can tell are only relevant here while we're alive. So when you're in purgatory, you're outside of time and space. Maybe there's a whole nother set of time and space. We don't know, but we also just don't know that, right? Uh, when you're in heaven, you're outside of time and space. So, you know, a lot of there, there's a lot of contention amongst, uh, you know, between theologians and uh, people who consider themselves theologians, but maybe, but maybe aren't uh, about this idea of of what is purgatory. And ultimately, this question about asking people to intercede for us who are not canonized, super connected to the idea of the question of purgatory. Um, so. Even if someone dies that we care about and goes to pur- Purgatory. How long they are there? I don't know. Maybe they're there a thousand years. Probably not, in my estimation. Maybe they're there in the flash of a moment, in the flash of an instant. That seems more likely to me, because it's outside of time, right? In my in my perception, and I'm no authority figure on this. I'm just telling you what I understand about Catholic theology and what I have um, gleamed and what I've learned from from people who I really trust, really really profound people. Um. The most important thing about purgatory is not how long it takes. But it's the fact that if you're going to purgatory, you're going to heaven. It's a one-way ticket to heaven. It's like the mudroom of a house. You go through the mudroom to take off your muddy shoes so you don't get the perfect, beautiful house muddy. And it starts to make a lot of sense with what God said about us having to be perfect to go to heaven, to be before his face. So in my mind, when I see this question, I think about the fact that Let's say someone that I love passed away. They go to purgatory. It lasts the flash of an instant, potentially, right? Well, that means that even though we don't know with like an authoritative certainty, if they lived a good life, if they lived a sacramental life, if they, if they uh, had virtue, if they were virtuous people uh, from the best that we could tell, um, if they if they seemed like they lived in a state of grace and, and you can see grace in someone almost. Uh, and it's a powerful thing that it's it can be so vivid. Um, there isn't a reason to not assume that between how well they lived their lives and that they conformed their lives to God's will for them, combined with how good God is and how merciful He can be even when we aren't that great, why not? Why not assume that in God's goodness and mercy that they are in heaven? Um, you don't have to know that, and you shouldn't know that. You should remain humble because you're not the Pope. You're not, you know, uh, whatever. You're you're just doing your best, right? And we should like the saints and angels are a cloud of witnesses, and I and I want to imagine that my abuelo Lucas and my abuela Rosario are in heaven right now watching over me and praying for me, loving me, offering the intentions of my life to the Lord. So I say that in humility, acknowledging that I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not an authority to canonize, right? But I know them. I know who they were. They weren't perfect, but they loved me and they loved God and they loved each other. They died less than a week apart. And I'm okay with allowing myself to believe that they they can intercede for me and that they do. So, long-winded answer, but I think that kind of the background behind those ideas is important to really wrap your head around it. And then the final thing I'll say about that, and this is kind of a mind-blowing thing, which, which this paragraph was getting at here when it talked about the Eucharist. Um, so... If when we go to heaven it is complete union with God. And we here on earth go to go to mass if we're still alive, right? We go to mass, we receive the Eucharist which is God. The people that are in heaven and one with God don't stop being perfectly one with God. And I'm receiving God in the Eucharist. I am encountering, I'm engaging with the saints in heaven. So I, I I have every right to believe, when I go to communion, I'm engaging with, I'm having an encounter with not only God, but with everyone that's in heaven, including. My abuelo, my abuelo Lucas and my abuela Rosario. My, my godmother, her uh, husband passed away from cancer years ago. And she's re- remarried now to an amazing man. But um, at the time, uh, Tio Jose, and when he passed away, I shared those words with her like, you can meet him in the Eucharist. You can meet him in the tabernacle. And... There is nothing more consoling you can say to someone. Stop with the, they're an angel now. They're not. Of course they're always watching over, right? As saints, in theory, we hope. But you can meet him in the Eucharist. If someone is one with God and you are consuming God, you're you're before God on the altar, right, in the blessed sacrament, or you're consuming it in the Eucharist, you're having an encounter with all who are one with God as well. The theology, the depth and profound nature of the theology of the Eucharist and all of the sacraments, it's so beautiful. It's it's so beautiful. So there you go, Kevin. All right. Sophia Bauer. How would you explain the idea behind a novena to someone who sees them as a wish granter? Oh, coming in with a zinger, Sophia. All right. I need to pop open my other carbonated water for that one. Um, Okay. I will not call myself an expert on novenas, but I will tell you in my own life, uh, and Alina and I, uh, we had a really crazy um, experience with a novena. So I will share with you uh, in my own experience how I would articulate it based on my experience. So we are not allowed to be superstitious as Catholics. It's literally something that we are forbidden. We, are, it, we it is forbade. I don't know how to say that Brenna, help me out. How do you, is it forbade? forbidden? It's one of those forbes. Um, and so superstition we need to be very careful whether it's like, gosh, I remember when I was a kid, I went to this Catholic bookstore and I don't know why of all of the memories that I've blocked out because of you know childhood trauma from my parents divorce and stuff this like one memory has never gone away. I'm at this Catholic bookstore. And this old lady who's working there, she's holding this golden rosary. And I'm like, wow, it's so pretty. And she's like, yeah, it became golden because I prayed the rosary so much. And I was like, wow. And she's like, you can do that too. And I was like, wow, really? What the crap is that lady talking about? Of course her rosary didn't turn to gold because she prayed it so much. And if it had, she's probably not supposed to be walking around talking about it like that. Like I, that just, it's just gross to me. Um, but anyways, just an example of the wrong way to approach superstition. Um, like prayers are not for, for us to get our little jollies. Okay. <sighs> Gets me going. There's, there's so much nonsense out there. Um, and I think it ultimately all comes from a desire that, that so many people have for the Lord to be visible, for us to, to like be able to witness in an ongoing way that he is real, that he is present and active in our lives. But that's not the way. You're, what you're seeking is consolation in prayer. What you're seeking is, is affirmation in your faith right um, from the Lord. Um, that stuff is just vanity. Um, now, when we go to stuff that is not vanity, like let's say we're praying a novena for someone who has passed away. Uh, or sorry, someone who might pass away. Um, or for uh, for Alina and I, in our example, we prayed a novena uh, to the Holy Spirit to help us discern who God wanted uh, the Godfather or the Godparents for one of our children to be. Um, and I'm just going to say, we had zero conversations about it throughout that novena. And on the last day of the novena, We did the the prayers for that day. And we literally, the entire novena, had both been thinking about the same person. And it's like, wow, like God can do such amazing things. God can do such amazing things when we devote ourselves to prayer. So what I would say about things like the novena and, and what our experience was like, in zero way did we change God's mind with that novena. I think that ritual is so healthy for us as human beings. Um, Ritual is so healthy. It creates, you know, not to sound overly Jordan Peterson-esque, it creates order where there is disorder. It creates structure when there is so much destruction in our lives. Um, And I think that, the the real value of ritual is that it grounds us in in such an uncertain and shaky ground of of an existence of a society of of a family life whatever it is that we're facing and i would look at the value of a novena in the ritual of that in the way that by bringing order where there is disorder and orienting our hearts in such a focused and and re- meditative way towards a singular question or a singular desire, um, a longing uh, for, for a particular good, whether it's peace or, or love or um, healing or whatever it is, um, I would propose that the greatest value of those types of ritual and, and, uh, and uh, meditations and prayers is in our own, it predisposes us, to actually hear God. It predisposes us to see what might already be there anyways. I think that um, he's not a vending machine. God is not a vending machine. The saints are not a vending machine. We need to be very, very careful. But then you have examples like the, um, the novena to St. Therese, the little flower, where so many people that pray that novena find themselves um, having an experience where towards the end of the novena, a rose is presented to them, or something to that effect. I've never done that one, but I've heard along these lines. You don't do the novena hoping to see a miracle like a rose appear, present itself in your life. You allow those things to happen as an opportunity for God to say, I got you. I got your back. I'm looking out for you. Or St. Therese herself, right? Hey, I've been hearing your prayers. I'm bringing them to the altar in heaven. That's why you do the novena. And why not, like, also see it as an opportunity for relationship building? So in the example of a novena to St. Therese the Little Flower, build a relationship with her. If she's a real person, which she is, if she's in heaven, which she is, and she's a part of the cloud of witnesses, which she is, and she cares about you, which she does... Even if you don't know her. Heck, build a relationship with her. Look at the novena as a as a fun, you know, concentrated period of time building a relationship with her. So that's my my gut reaction to your question, Sophia. I hope that helps. Let me know if there's any other questions. Otherwise, we're gonna bring this in for a landing, folks. We uh we've been going here for some time. Alina always makes fun of me for the way that I say fun. Folks, full, as soon as I become self conscious of it, I literally don't even know what to do with myself. Folks, folks, why, why, why is the L silent? Will someone tell me why the L is silent, Brinna, Why is the L silent? It makes no sense. Oh my goodness, what is our society coming to? Just dropping letters off left and right. On a lighter note, baseball or hockey. <laughs> Well, I have never been asked a more challenging question. Brenna is over there in the control room swinging a bat. I think Brenna's vote is for for baseball. I've never played hockey. Uh, I enjoy ice skating, but I have played baseball, loved it. haven't played it in years. I think also, well, you know what you know what Sophia, I'm gonna put this on you. I'm gonna put this on you. You asked a challenging question. Okay, you can't just say baseball or hockey without specifying. Are we talking about participating? Are we playing the sport or are we just observing the sport? Are we in the audience? Makes a huge difference. Come on, Sophia. Come on. Yeah, I I don't know that my answer would be different. But anyways, guys, this has been great. I've really enjoyed this. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Should we do the live stream thing more often? I think it'd be fun. It's kind of a it's kind of a thing. People are doing it. The algorithms like it. Should we keep doing this? Let me know. Send us a message, leave a comment, like, share, subscribe, post, all that stuff. Oh, Sophia's adding definitely observing. I'm not coordinated for sports. I understand that. Been there multiple times in my life. Uh, all right, guys, I have been Nick Delatore, and this has been the Awakened Catholic Show. Um, just another reminder please check out the Awakened Catholic app. Uh, such a cool growing community of, of awesome people there and, and such fun stuff happening. And and we have a lot of cool plans for that, uh, upcoming, uh, if you can, uh, consider, uh, adding Awakened Catholic to your tithing, that would be so huge, but at minimum pray for us. Uh, clearly we're being attacked. um, and we we were literally attacked. Uh, anyways, and if you are in the Northwest Ohio area, make sure to check out our event with Jason Everett called YB Catholic. Uh, and that will be on Friday, May 22nd. And it's also featuring Bishop Daniel Thomas. So you will not want to miss that. Uh, between those two guys, I would walk 500 miles. And I would walk 500 more just to... Be the man who walked 500 miles to show up at the door of the event. La Li she probably cut me off lie, 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 This
1: lie, show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting slash donate. Hallow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation, such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hallow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hallow.app slash awaken.
0: I need to correct one thing I said before we go. Uh, the event is May 21st, not May 22nd. All right.